0: Now for the information of all hands.
1: Welcome to Episode 8 of the 1MC with Master Chief Jason Vanderhainen. I'm Chief Crystal Lannine, and today we are talking about education and opportunities with Commander Jennifer Westcott and Master Chief Anthony Matalonis.
0: Thank you, Chief. Well, I tell you, this is exciting. I've been really looking forward to doing this podcast for a while because there is a lot going on in the world of education, training, all the things that FORCECOM is uh, doing to to make sure we have what we need to, to have a well-educated, well-trained, ready force. You know, when I talk to my DOD counterparts, they say, you know, the United States' competitive advantage against our other countries, our adversaries, is our well-educated workforce, particularly the enlisted workforce. And Today, we are here with two experts in that field, Commander Jennifer Westcott and Master Chief Anthony Matalonis from Forcecom. I'm honored to have you both here. Commander, welcome. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So, Commander Westcott is, uh, she's kind of, she, one of her primary fo- areas of focus is the Military to Mariner program, which I'm excited to hear about. She's also got some information on CG COOL. That's uh, gonna be interesting. and It's gonna affect a lot of uh, people in a very positive way. We're talking about the Navy Community College, some service-wide exam changes, which I know have been well-received. I have heard all kinds of great feedback on the service-wide exam changes, some apprenticeship programs, and then anything else that's going on that our special guests want to talk about. But I I want to kick it off first with uh, Commander Westcott and talk about the things that are going on in your world, Commander.
1: Yeah, so I will start off with our Military to Mariner Program information. So there's a lot of information out there through the National Maritime Center's website. And sometimes it's hard to navigate for the user because there's so much information. So one of the primary things my program does is we like to help a mariner or potential mariner navigate that system. We offer counseling sessions, usually in 30 minute blocks, but they can be as short as 15 minutes. We can walk somebody through that website to get the forms they need, to find the checklists that they can follow to make sure they have all the requirements for the credentials and we often just talk with the user so they understand the path to a credential, the requirements they need and then we offer tips and advice on how to get through that path because There's several steps and they can be daunting for some. So we just want to make sure that we can give somebody as much help as possible to get to that final end state of having a Merchant Mariner credential. Because really everybody in our workforce could have an entry level credential if they chose. And many of our ratings can advance that credential over time and grow that credential through our endorsed ratings in the Merchant Mariner credential world and several people would be eligible for officer licenses on the deck or engineering side. And we have lots of things like courses to support people going through to use their own uh, training qualifications that they do on the job, just so that it makes it easier for them. A great example is the DEC credentials. We currently have courses available to use the qualifications mostly to our BM community to approach having a master's license, usually around the 100 ton mark, and then if they choose uh, to continue on in their career and maybe are stationed on larger cutters, they can grow that license over time. So we, we try to get to folks that are at the entry level of service so that they have plenty of time in their career to grow that credential. Um, And we're not leaving out the engineers. We're working on developing courses to use the credentials that a lot of our MKs and our EMs have. And we want to get to a place where the National Maritime Center has approved our training and qualifications that we just do every day on the job as courses similar to the deck side.
0: That's awesome. So if I go to the National Maritime Center website... And is there a place on there that I can request an appointment with, uh, with somebody to help me with that?
1: So the National Maritime Center website is completely run by the National Maritime Center. We have our own SharePoint site, and we're inside the voluntary credentialing portal pages. Uh, Sometimes they're hard to find, uh, but we have lots of information on our SharePoint site that's accessible internal to the Coast Guard. And we do have a way that you can contact us directly so we can get you the information you need or we can get you the link to our site. Sometimes, you know, it's hard to navigate portal. And that is an email address. It is CGM the number two M at USCG.mil.
0: Awesome. CGM2M at USCG.mil. Okay. Yeah. And that's when you say that's our site, that's your military to mariner group. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, I I I know sometimes having some help or having somebody to walk you through it that you know, just getting started sometimes is the hardest part of all of it. So that's awesome that you guys will help help people figure that out. I know uh, my good friend and, and mentor Ed Lewis uh, is, is you know, probably, you know, giving two fists up in the air right now because he's happy. Uh, I know Master Chief Lewis has, has worked really hard on, on credentialing, and I want to put a, a plug out, a public plug out. Thank you, Ed, uh, for all your hard work. And, and Commander, thanks for the the work on the military to mariner. I know the engineers are excited about it. A lot of our bosun mates are working on this, and that's fantastic. How about the? How does CG Cool is a completely separate entity than than military to mariner? Is that right?
1: That's correct.
0: So CG Cool, that's our Coast Guard credentialing opportunities online, and there's a I, that has its own standalone website. I believe is that correct?
1: It does, and it is um, also on portal for information, but there is a publicly accessible link to CG Cool. You can just go into Google and you can type it in or whatever search engine you want. And you can type in CG Cool and you'll come up with the DoD site. The DoD sponsors our site as as well as the other DoD branch sites.
0: Well, that's awesome. Uh, so can you tell me a little bit about, you know, I'm a I'm a CS, Chief uh, Matalonis is an MST. We've got PA Chief Neen, so is there something for all ratings on CG Cool?
1: There is. Every rating is represented, including our warrants and our officers. We're working right now to populate information on collateral duties, but everyone can go in and the easiest way to search is really to select your rating and then uh, it'll filter for you all of the credentials that, that the... Um, Folks that did a lot of this research and they continually do this monthly, they have already identified what relates to your career track and the things that you likely align with based off your time and service and experience. And there's a lot of great information on there. Most people have yet to find all of the great information. So you can find credentials, whether they are um, nationally recognized exams or certifications, things you can put on your name, but they also give information about how to get those credentials and what types of requirements exist, if there's an exam requirement, if there's continued education requirements after you have that credential. And it also talks about uh, potential when you transition out of service. We all transition at some date And we want to have something that makes us uh, employable and useful. Uh And these are great things to have. And and there's a lot of information in there you can filter to find out, you know, what kind of workforce I could go to, what type of income I can make, what type of demand signal that credential would have when I am ready to transition.
0: That's awesome. You know, uh, sometimes there's some costs associated with some of these, getting some of these credentials. Is the Coast Guard put any money towards that? Is there a way that maybe the Coast Guard could help me pay for an exam or a course or something like that?
1: So the voluntary credentialing program that oversees CG Cool has a credentialing assistance program. And and if members are eligible, there's a couple things that require eligibility. And one example is having six months left to uh, your service, so re-enlisting within your contract time to make sure you have more than six months. They offer fee reimbursement, testing reimbursement, application reimbursement. We don't offer training reimbursement, but it is a fairly simple process to use credentialing assistance. And uh, as long as your credential that you're seeking is on the CG Cool site and it relates to your uh, background, then credentialing assistance most likely will be uh, approved if you follow the process to seek it. An important point is that you do need to have that process started and approved prior to making that purchase. So if members are seeking a reimbursement from something they've already paid for out of pocket maybe a year ago, it's not uh, designed for that right right now. And we have expanded in this year, in 2021, from one opportunity to two. So members can actually seek two different credentialing assistance uh, opportunities each fiscal year, so you can use up your two, and as soon as we transition over, now that we'll be in FY twenty two, now that it's October, you can start those two opportunities all over again if you want to seek something else. So you can go through your career collecting different opportunities and and having the Coast Guard assist you in that payment process. That's
0: terrific. Thank you. Uh, you know, it's the, the, I like the CG cool because. You know, unlike college, where you're taking something that you know, in addition to your normal duties, and to, this actually kind of complements what you might normally be doing in your normal day-to-day day work, uh, and you know, it helps you get a little bit better in your rating. Uh, so I'm I'm excited about that, and I'm grateful for Force Comm's investment in CG Cool and Military Mariner. You know, this is just a, a another way to really. Um, I think it's a retention tool. I think there's an opportunity here for people to continue their service and uh, build on their 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 personal and professional career, which will make them very attractive to employers when they retire. Commander, thank you. Thank you for all the hard work that you and your team are doing to help folks get the credentials and military or mariner. It's awesome. So now I want to switch over to to introduce Master Chief Anthony Madalona. So he's an MST by trade. But uh, the Coast Guard sent him to school to to the Human Performance Technology School. He uh, spent a year or more at Florida State University, uh, learning to uh, to help develop and improve our educational processes. And he's really putting that knowledge to good work. And he's been working on the service-wide exam improvements. Many of you that take the service-wide recognize that we've we've done some some changes to the EPME and. Uh, Master Chief, could you please talk to us a little bit about the work that you're doing on the service-wide exam? Absolutely. Thanks, Master Chief.
2: See, we we went into this project with three main things in mind. One was we wanted to improve the test by increasing the transparency of the knowledge requirements. The second thing we wanted to do was have a manageable amount of information for folks to study. And the third piece was the information we have folks study, we want it to be relevant to their jobs. you know, it's hard to talk to an enlisted member that doesn't have some gripes about the service-wide, <laughs> but, but everything up to this point has been anecdotal. What I wanted to do was not just make these changes, but also reach out to the fleet for feedback on these changes. So so we started with EPME. EPME would, gives us a touch point with every rating, and if things didn't go well, then we wouldn't break the entire system because it's a small percentage of most of the service-wide exams. So we didn't do anything to the rating portion for the May twenty two or the May twenty one surface wide exam, um, so but the data we've gotten back so far has been has been really really positive. Like you said, my
0: feedback's been great. The feedback I've been getting, you guys nailed it. Good job.
2: Thank you so much. Uh, so what we did was, after we did the May twenty one surface wide exam, we gave a short survey out to folks that took the surface wide, and just asked them some general questions about, you know, the changes we made, and then also the rating portion as well, and. A lot of the hypotheses we went into were, were validated by that data, because because again, we didn't want to have this constant anecdotal information about the service. Why we wanted to get some some data behind it. So what we found was that people felt there was just way too too much information to study, mm-hmm. just way too much out there, and also the the stuff really wasn't relevant to what they were doing, the stuff they were being tested on. So, so one of the initial changes we made on the rating side was you know, radio knowledge managers write the test, and before they were doing it in a vacuum by themselves. What we did was, just like we did with EPME, we brought in subject matter experts to help those radio knowledge managers write the test. So for the EPME, it wasn't just the radio knowledge manager who wrote that test, we brought in folks from your office, uh, as well as program offices, other command master chiefs, and we even reached out to the fleet where you could provide questions on the service-wide as well, to to actually find out what's relevant, what what people need to know, and and that's what we tested that's awesome. folks on. It's awesome. Um, you know, it's 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 one of those things that we we thought it would
0: work, and we're just so happy that it that it actually is working so far. You know, I tell you, just uh, being able to to travel around and talk to folks, and the, you know, the positive comments that we've gotten on the on the the way that we're asking the questions on wide and their ability to 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 you know, look at a bank of questions and say, okay, here's what I need to know. That does two things. It makes, it, it makes them smarter, and it makes sure that they're, they're tested on something where they kind of know where to go get the information. It, before, it was just kind of it was all over the place, and, and you never really knew what to study, and, and it, didn't, it, 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 it didn't feel like you were really becoming a better petty officer because of what you were studying for the service. And I think you, you, you guys have really uh, raised the bar on that. Good job.
2: No, thank you. And, and what we considered our biggest win was, we asked on that survey, did the previous format make you more knowledgeable about General Coast Guard information? Because really, that's what I was trying to get at. Like, yes, this test is an assessment, but it's an assessment that we can use because folks spend a lot of time. Because we also ask folks how many hours they're studying for the service wide, and it's a lot. So we wanted to take that time they're using, often, you know, on Liberty and things like that, and get some benefit from that, mm-hmm. you know, so seventy five percent said the new format made them more knowledgeable about general Coast Guard yeah. information. I't yeah, believe that that was a forty six percent increase from the old format, so uh-huh. like I was so excited to hear that because that's exactly what we thought would happen and then another thing we we changed was the the references we used for e p m e previously it was a lot of uh, common instructions, things like that, that, yes, you could, you could find the information there, but it wasn't always the most current information. It didn't really get you to, to actually do things with that information. So what we did was we added references that were more useful, like websites, uh, TTPs, job aids, things like that, that, you know, it's, is it going is it, is it to make life more difficult for test writers? Absolutely. <laughs> but we're willing to take that risk so members can study the most current
0: and relevant information. Yeah. So on the ratings, where where are we going in terms of the rating portion of the service-wide? Are you you making some improvements, helping the rating knowledge managers make some improvements there as well? Absolutely. So some of the things that uh, we're changing for the May 22
2: service-wide exam are we are introducing subject matter experts into that process for the May 22 service-wide exam. So just like we did with EPME, we're going to have the Rating Knowledge Manager, they're chartering teams of subject matter experts that includes the Rating Force Master Chief, as well as other folks that aren't taking the service wide that are experts in that field to help write relevant questions or provide topics, what's going on in the fleet,
0: to make sure that those questions and the stuff people are studying are relevant. Are we going to give test takers... An idea of what to study? Are we going to give them like some sample questions like, hey, you might see something that looks a little bit like this on the service-wide or are we just going to, is it kind of ops normal in terms of just grab all your references and, and f- look at your EPQs and study off the EPQs and, and hopefully study the right stuff?
2: So for the May 22 service-wide, we're not going to be releasing any data banks of questions like we did for EPME. But one of the big changes, and this was, again, was the survey told us when we asked people, you know, how did they, you know, what made them feel prepared for the service-wide? And a lot of it was, I, you know, I just studied the wrong information or things like that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was I studied old questions that just weren't on the service-wide. I mean, that came up a lot. So that's not what we want. We don't want people to be just studying, you know, previous service-wide questions. And also the questions that they were getting we found we're mostly at the recall level. Like, what size is this? You know, what level is this? You know, what, sure. what is on this drop-down menu? And again, that's not really assessing that folks really know how to do that stuff. So with the rating side, we, we added subject matter experts. The other thing we did was we asked them to write questions that weren't just recall-level questions. We wanted to write questions that actually assessed uh, applicability, uh, application, of that information. Yeah. So how
0: much they actually know how to do what it is as opposed to just knowing the data or knowing a figure or something like that. Yeah, I get it. That's, that's awesome.
2: So if they're actually performing that RPQ, they'll be able to answer these questions. They'll be much better prepared to answer the questions. Now, what I will tell folks is don't go to your old study material. <laughs> like, don't do that. Really hone in on the RPQs. And I know that's been told to you over the years, you know, always focused on those RPQs. But another thing the analysis found was those RPQ pamphlets um, pamphlets are not meeting the mark for service-wide preparation. They're not. So, so that's, again, is another reason why we wanted to make those change on the rating side and just see how that works. So nice. it's, it's going to be
0: the May 22 service-wide for most ratings is going to look completely different. That's terrific. That is terrific. So study your RPQs. We've, we've given you kind of the, the, the bank of EPME questions that you need to look at. Make sure you're studying those. And I think you're going you to, ta- when our service-wide exam takers take the test, they're going to feel like, wow, this really tested my ability to serve at the next higher pay grade, and I'm, I'm happy about that. I can't, I, I mean, we haven't done anything like this in a long time. I can remember handing, you know, when I was a senior chief, giving an E5, my study material going, I hope this still works for you. So I'm, I'm glad to see that we're updating that. That's going to be amazing. So I'm gonna ask you a question that you might or might not be able to answer. Do you ever see us getting away from the Scantron bubble sheets and doing something that looks a little more uh, uh, 20th century, not the 21st just the 20th century. You you, you see us uh, getting away from those Scantron bubble sheets?
2: Absolutely, and and the Coast Guard actually was moving towards this over a decade ago. We have a system that can do it that actually delivers tests right now that people take. Uh, Many of the tests at Yorktown, Um, use the system we currently have that's actually designed to take online tests so we absolutely so so that is one of the lines of effort for the service-wide is to get that electronic delivery good there's going to be huge benefits to that we would ask different types of questions not just multiple choice we can do matching fill in the blank all kinds of stuff as well as real-time feedback to the test takers when policies change you know the tests aren't written six months in advance so by the time you take the service-wide that that policy is out of date or or um, has
0: changed so yes absolutely we'll get there okay good good yeah and and the other thing too is having the whole workforce or you know all e6s sit down and take the test at one day and one time frame you know that's uh, that can be tough on on people, especially if they're if they're not quite ready or they have been deployed or or for whatever reason. So, giving folks a little bit more time to take the service wide would be helpful, and I think a an online service wide that's randomized might give us the ability to do that. So thanks thanks uh, for that. So, anything else on the service wide before I switch you to another topic?
2: No, it's just the the other major line of effort is the one service wide. Oh yeah, one service
0: wide. Uh, That's a big one. (laughs) (laughs) That's
2: going to start in in May twenty two. So those those big three lines of effort are we're just really trying to make the test better, have that one service wide delivered a year, and then eventually get it delivered electronically. So there's that flexibility where we're not going to have everybody in the room that one day, because it can be proctored, you know, via video, you know, multiple kinds of devices. Uh, so it's yeah exciting things on the That's horizon great. for the service wide.
0: So um, I know you're not in the advancements uh, you know field, but I think at the end of the day, the one service wide exam will help be create a more predictable advancement system, uh, and will allow us to make the cuts a little bit bigger and and allow more people to compete for assignment. Uh, you know off of, off the May service wide than making it off the November service wide and getting whatever holes need to be filled in the uh, in the assignment officer slate so I'm, I'm very thankful for all your hard work going to one service wide as well
2: and it's also too, for on the knowledge management piece for the one service wide it's going to be much it's going to make our system a lot less complicated so when things change they change once a year uh, my office is still going to message those changes twice a year but it'll be a whole lot easier to know what you have to have done for the service wide and your window to to get
0: those things done are going to be longer as well. Oh, yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. So you also are working on a pilot program with the Navy. It's called the U.S. Navy Community College. And, and we have uh, over 100 students, I think, that are, that are participating in that, that, well, participated in the pilot program. Can you give us a, a sense of how that's going and where we, uh, what the future of the Naval Community College looks like?
2: Absolutely. So this was this was another project I was really excited about, long overdue for the enlisted workforce. So the Navy did this large, comprehensive study about what the future for the enlisted workforce is going to look like. And what they found was the way we're going to stay ahead of our adversaries is to have an educated enlisted workforce. So the benefits to having a Naval Community College is is tremendous in a, in, a, in a few different ways. The first one is when members go to the Naval Community College, there's no out-of-pocket expenses for them. There's no additional, like, if you need a calculator or you need a book or something like that, everything is 100% paid for. Um, you know, the, the learner interventions as well, because active duty folks, especially in the Coast Guard, we're different than DOD, we're different than other services where, you know, they deploy, they come back for extended periods of time. We are off and on all over the place. So one of the things I worked out with this consortium of schools was to have that in mind for the Coast Guard folks. Like, they might go a week without being able to complete something, they might not have internet access if they're underway and things like that. So having those specific learner interventions for our members that are tailored to the Coast Guard was fantastic, and, and being able to interact directly with those schools was awesome. Really explaining, like, you know, this is how the Coast Guard's different. This is what our members are facing. These are the challenges, and these are some of the interventions that may
0: that may help them. I so, wish I would have had that. Yes. Begging for a little extra time on an assignment or staying up till one o'clock in the morning to do something that was uh, to get a, an assignment done. That's tough. Well, thank you for that. So when I think Navy Community College, I'm thinking there's some like brick and mortar the Navy built a college, and you know our folks are going, or maybe it's an online through the United States Navy, but it's not like that, right? they They actually use like national schools, is that right?
2: Yes, hundred percent online. And these schools were handpicked based on their ability to deliver the highest quality online education. These aren't degree mills. these are regionally accredited universities, like really, really good universities. Um, that folks are going to get the opportunity to, to get into without going through all the hoops of That's admissions awesome. and things
0: like that. Yeah. I, I, I pictured, a, a, you know, a naval officer working at, the, at Annapolis uh, teaching this naval community college. But I'm glad to hear that, we're, that you, when you so when you get your degree, it's an associate's degree.
2: So the Naval Community College is going to is going to pay for your associate's degree. But every degree, every associate's degree program is going to lead directly to a bachelor's. Okay. So one of the things I told the folks at the Naval Community College was our folks are interested not just in associate's degrees. You know, we're looking beyond that. We want bachelor's degrees or higher. So I wanted to make sure every one of those associate degree programs translated directly into a bachelor's program. So that was really big. And and the other thing, I really wanted to get our members to, to get credit for the work they do. Now, we all know that we get the... A lot of the C schools and things we go to, we get we get credits, we get college credits for. It. But if you've ever tried to use them at a university, you know they kind of get you out of bowling and archery, right? Uh-huh. It's just a general level uh, elective credits. What I want to do is, you know, crosswalk what members are doing and actually figure out what those gaps are to get them credit for an actual class. Okay. You know, in a in an accredited degree program, and because we're working with a consortium of schools. Those schools, we're working towards getting an agreement where whatever course you take, like if you take English 101 at University of Arizona, it's going to work for you at University of Maryland Global Campus. Like you're not going to have to retake those. It's going to be part of the same degree path, which is, you know, we haven't gotten there yet, but that's, that's what we're working towards is this consortium of schools that you can, you know, not always having to worry about, well, okay, i got to transfer these credits from this school to this school because I moved here, or whatever, or you're going to retire, you're going to separate. This consortium of schools, you know, we're working towards getting them all to work together, uh, where you have that true, you know, transcript that's going to work
0: at any one of those schools. Nice. You know, we used to have this thing called the SOC Coast, and uh, it was a service member opportunity colleges, Coast Guard, and they had uh, one for the Navy and others, and in, and I believe the way that worked was, you know, that your credit one a course at one school would be accepted by another school or something like that is that kind of what you're driving towards
2: it is and, and I went to a SoCo school and I actually ran into problems transferring schools because oh. that was exactly what I was told as well and it, it, it wasn't clean and easy like I, I was going to one college and when I uh, transferred units I was trying to take co- courses at, a, at another college thinking you know I'll just get them signed off it just didn't work they okay. they wouldn't
0: do it, right. but this will hopefully uh, alleviate that. Okay, great, great, awesome. Well, thanks for your work on the Navy Community College. I'm excited about that. Hopefully, we can keep that going. I, I talk to the Master Paris of the Navy all the time, and and thank him for the Navy's support with that. So I'm I'm optimistic the Navy will keep funding that and keep that going. I think they've had they've they've had the Marines are in it too, right? Yes. Yeah, and so I mean I think they've had a lot of success with that. So there I think they like it. Um, let's uh let's switch directions here and talk about some of our our a school apprenticeship programs some of the some of the way that we're changing our a schools i, I get asked a lot hey master chief are we going to bring back the striker program and i my answer is usually or as always no not like it was but we are building apprenticeships in some of our a schools i know the the me's are doing that the Bosun mates are doing that, and then I, all the aviation ratings have some sort of apprenticeship that you do before you go to A school. Can you see us going? Is there any other school? Is there ForceCom talking about doing that for any other schools? Is there uh, any other types of uh, rating, like apprenticeships that, that might be available in the future? Any talk of that?
2: Yeah, we're evaluating all the ratings, Master Chief. Okay. So, yeah, we, we found a great success with the Bosun mates and the MEs this whole idea of everyone shows up on the same day and graduates on the same day, this one size fits all, it's, it's just not the ideal way of doing things because people show up with different levels of knowledge. And what we want to do is move those folks ahead. So if you come in qualified in, in, in these things, then why should we make you sit through it again at A-School? Let, let's get you through the pipeline, let's get you out in the fleet doing good
0: things. So yes, we are evaluating all the ratings. Awesome, well I know that'll save money. the assignments might get a little interesting coming out a school but we'll i'm sure we can figure that out but that's a that's great i know there's a force comps incorporating a lot of virtual type learning and, and even you know the goggles that you put on that uh that will that you can actually do uh see the equipment that you're working on before you uh before you actually get there to work on it so i i'm i'm excited about the technology that Forcecom is is using to help our folks get a head start before they actually get to the school, that'll be good. Absolutely. And one of the things I want
2: people to take away is we're not turning every class or every school online. Like, that is not the direction we're good. going. We're looking at every outcome, every learner outcome, and if we can't do it online, we won't. Okay. Like, simple as that. Uh, the things that we can convert online, we've seen a lot of success with you know, the ability for people to take it in different locations, and that there's a cost savings, and there's some flexibility there, but if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. At the end of the day, Forcecom is always looking at what's gonna get the best outcome for those students.
0: Sure, sure, that's that's fantastic. So that's a lot. I mean, we've gone over military to Mariner, we went over credentialing, we did the, we talked about the service-wide exam and the Navy Community College, talked a little bit about apprenticeship programs. Is there any other, types of programs or anything else that Force is working on that you want to let us know about? Absolutely. So we also have something
2: called USMAP, which is United Services Military Apprentice Program. So if you go to the ERATS portal page, you'll see a link to it and it'll take you to the website to give you all the information on it. But it's basically uh, a way to document, you know, things you're already doing through the Department of Labor. So the U.S. MAP is a formal military training program that provides active-duty service members the opportunity to improve their job skills and to complete a civilian apprenticeship requirements while on active duty. What this means is for members is if they complete this apprenticeship, it can mean the difference between $15 an hour and $25 an hour. You know, oh, yeah. our our program manager for that you know gives us all kinds of stories about you know an E5 getting out that completed the apprenticeship program, making more than the senior chief that got out. Yeah, for a
0: small investment in your time of documenting the tasks that you do and documenting the hours, you can set yourself up for a, a much more profitable career after the Coast Guard. The U.S. MAP program is amazing. Not enough people take advantage of it, and there's a just a ton of opportunities out there. Even if you intend to do 20 years and retire, getting those – journeyman and and master level certifications before you leave the service is going to be uh, so much better for you in your civilian life so us map i highly encourage everybody to look at that any any other things anything else going on
2: what i really want folks to take away from all this is is really start visiting if you're not already really visit your rating knowledge managers portal page Frequently, you know, at least once a week, just to go in, because they're going to be posting example questions and stuff on the service wide, as well as links to a lot of this information. And also just a general ERATS portal page where we post the message, the service wide message. So that's
0: rating knowledge manager or rating force master chief? Both. So both
2: rating yeah. force master chief as well yeah. as rating knowledge manager. Um, get used to visiting their portal page so that way you're always current on what the advancement requirements are and what you're going to be tested on as well as visiting the career investment division's portal page where you can get information on all of these um career investment
0: division excuse me for interrupting machine but is it's officer enlisted more everybody gets everybody has a has a stake, everybody has interest in the career investment division, is that right, Commander?
1: That's right. ForceCom has established the career investment division to represent also civilians. So we are trying to cover the total workforce and develop programs that will assist them through their career and beyond. And it's not just uh, the credentialing that, that we're talking about today, but also tuition assistance, uh, advanced education opportunities, and uh, just the civilian career management. So we're really working to build a, a full investment uh, division to help people navigate a career that supports them while they're in and helps them transition once they are ready to get out. But we believe that investment in a member's career will really help with our retention standards and yeah. you know people will stick around when they feel valued and the work that they do is recognized. And it's not just recognition in the service, but recognized amongst professionals and their peers on the outside. That's awesome. I,
0: I, I love the name of that, Career Investment Division. That sounds like a really cool place to work uh, where you get to do so much good for for so many people, and I'm glad the civilians. I know uh, that was something that the commandant said when we when he took over was he wanted to do more for our civilian workforce and, in terms of you know growing them personally and professionally. So that's awesome. Uh, I, I tell you, I'm super happy to have both of you here today. You, you know, there's there's we could go on and on. It, so if somebody wanted to to learn about advanced education opportunities, they go to the career investment uh, divi- divisions. Portal page. Is there a is there a portal page that like a landing page for everybody that could go to? Uh,
1: so we have a, a landing page for each of our individual programs. One for voluntary education. One for tuition that includes tuition assistance. One for advanced education. Um, one for the military to mariner inside the voluntary credentialing program. We're kind of um, a bunch of really complex programs within one division so we don't have one landing page but we like to keep updating each one of our sharepoint sites and we like we would just like to say that um, the cg cool information it includes over 1500 Uh, credentials or licensures, and it is constantly updated. It's updated every month. Um, We know that uh, there's a rigor for each program to be put on that site, and they're monitored to make sure that uh, they are continuing their high standards. And so every uh, opportunity that's available that you can find on there really meets the mark and would be useful once you take advantage of that. Awesome.
0: Awesome. I, I tell you, so there's a wealth of information out there, and just know everybody that there is quite a few very smart people that are working hard to give you all the opportunities to grow uh, your education, your training, uh, your your personal and professional licenses, and and everything to make you a better person, uh, not just a better coastie. So I'm thankful for Master Chief Mantalunas. Thank you, Commander Westcott. Awesome work from both of you. you continue to to lean forward. So. Perhaps we'll get together again in in a few months and and talk about some, anything, any updates or something like that. But thank you uh, both for your time. Thanks, Master Chief.
1: Thank you, Master Chief.
0: Thanks.